This is the Dos Acero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dos Acero Podcast. Good evening, everybody. This is the Dos Acero Podcast, the newly rebranded Dos Acero Podcast. With you with the guys, as always, this is John Jagu. And our usual band of suspects we have out in Connecticut, Christian Velez. How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Not too bad over here. Over in Stockton, California. I know, I know. It's Escondido. We have Daniel Pereciado. How are you, sir? Very good. Good evening, everyone. Over in uh, the other end of Travis County here in Central Texas, Alberto El Chiquiscampa. How are you, sir? Hey, what's up? Good evening. Nice intro. Thank you. Out in Arizona, the freshly refreshed Fernando Regio. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Saludos desde Arizona. Good to have you with us. Out in now, uh, I'm not sure. Is it Pacific Palisades, Beverly Hills, or Westwood, where you live, Hoyt, out in California? South, South LA. Oh, South LA. Okay, all right. Some reason I thought you were in Brentwood <laughs> or South Central. I am in South Central. Oh, South South Central. Oh, okay. It got renamed. It got renamed though. Yeah, they renamed it to <laughs> to South LA. Joel, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, uh, although I'm missing the game. But uh, you never watch, so you're not missing anything. I know. Well, I'm trying to watch it, but I don't. I don't have the channel. Oh well, I'll let you know what's happened. They just scored. <laughs> and out in Philadelphia. The man from Big Soccer Tepec, or is it Big Soccer Cobulco? I forget which one. Ronnie Deluna, how are you, sir? Big Soccer Titlan. Ah, Big Soccer Titlan, not Big Soccer Tepec. No, no. Right. How are you, sir? No, I'm doing good, doing good. Just uh, watching a little bit of the Serie uh, uh, del Caribe. You know, those Venados of Mexico are, you know, doing pretty well. They're, they've won three of their games. I know it's uh, baseball, but, you know, got to give it up to those Venados. You know, I, I think the Serie del Caribe is a great tournament. I don't understand why the uh, the U.S. World Series winner doesn't play in it. They should. It should be like a little mini Champions League. I think it would be, be, be great for baseball if they did that. But that's a topic for another day. Well, we decided to rebrand ourselves, the Dos Acero Podcast, for those of you who are listening on our YouTube channel. And please feel free to... Uh, make your comments or ask any questions, and we'll be sure to answer those throughout the course of these next 90 minutes. But one of the reasons that, that we, we changed the name is, is like, like good, good Mexicans, we, we, we take our, our, our most humiliating moments, can kind of get out in front of it, and then use it to eventually, you know, make us stronger, better, blah, 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 blah. Kind of like with the way that, that uh, Team Guadalajara, after they lost, they said... This team doesn't work. All they do is might as well just go to the field and eat grass like goats. Hence, they're now the Chivas. 
And, of course, the other team in Mexico City, after they had thrown a game, they, they call them Las Aguilas Vendidas Vergonzosas. Now they're just Las Aguilas de la América. So that's one of the reasons why we are the Dos Acero Podcast, is that we will take some of one of our more humiliating moments and turn it into a positive. Hence the uh, the rebrand. Anybody have any, anything add? Excuse me. Anybody have anything to add to that? It's better uh, deuce acero. We're dropping a deuce. Well, some of us more than others, um, but okay. Some of us literally, yeah, not figuratively. We prefer figuratively. Oh, definitely. But okay. um, I'll just I'll just let the the viewers actually just look at the look at the expressions on our faces and guess who was the one that went. It's not in my house, right? <laughs> It will definitely in your house. You can smell it. <laughs> okay, moving on. Go ahead. We sorry. We do have a variety of topics tonight. A couple of things we want to cover. Um, among them, we'll be talking about Copa America, the draws coming up in a few weeks, and the preliminary ticket prices have been announced. Good luck, and let's us make like half a million to a million a year. It's being, being able to afford those. It looks like it's very possible that Fox Sports here in the U.S. might be getting rights to FMF games, kind of like ESPN did a little while ago. We'll also be talking about Dorados and the fact that out of their next 13 games have to win 10 of them in order for them to stay up top and how not to play your first year once you've made the jump. We'll briefly go over the league. We'll talk about Felipe Baloy and his snub. As far as snubs, we'll also talk about Chivas and the club snubbing the Mexican national team for their Molero in Miami against Senegal. And time permitting, we'll talk about Pachuca and their supposed favorable treatment that, that they get according to some people on this podcast in regard to disciplinary actions, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, first of all, again, I want to thank you all for joining us. Again, if you have any questions or comments on our YouTube channel, please feel free to let, let us know what they are, and we will try to get to those. Now, Copa America is coming to this country. It's going to be played in uh, about 10 cities across the U.S., They've just announced uh, preliminary ticket prices for the host cities, and it's not cheap. Uh, I've seen anywhere from 75 as the cheapest ticket in Houston to over $150 a ticket for the cheapest tickets up in Foxborough in Massachusetts. I mean, is it, isn't it pretty obvious why Conmebol wanted to have the Copa America when we see these ticket prices? You can't charge these kinds of prices in Paraguay. Yeah, it goes beyond, you know, it's kind of without saying when you look at uh, the fact that mostly the, the Conmebol's, like the, the federation, the heads of each federation down there pretty much are, are in jail because of the money they took, the bribes they took to get this tournament going, get it off the ground. Not to mention Eduardo Lee from Costa Rica. Um, 
as great as the tournament is going to be, because it's going to be a fun tournament, it, it's going to be hard to sort of shake that stench, because we all know this tournament is being held here because of the gate receipts. Uh, that's just kind of what it is, but at least we get something on, in our backyard here. No, it's true. Uh, I think they're very steep prices. Uh, you know, people are going to treat it as a social event, if you will. I still think that it should have been that Mexico should have get you know gotten the first uh, first dip, but obviously money talks, you know. So it is what it is. Yeah, I think it should have been held in Mexico, actually. Yeah, definitely, but. <clears throat> Oh well, you know that's. Uh, we'll see if anybody. Yeah, I wonder if we're gonna have like a supporters group here for people that pay that massive amounts of money. You know, um, you know what? I'm I'm surprised people are willing to pay that much, and uh, you have to wonder if that's gonna become the case later on for for Gold Cup and just even just regular club games. Hey, you know what? Honestly, uh, if I had the money, I would pay for it. Honestly, or for all the all the Mexico people games? will pay for sure. They're gonna pay. Yeah. Mexico's playing yeah. in Phoenix, Fernando. You can get a press pass. You don't have to pay for that. I know, but my family wants to go, so and I still gotta get them tickets too. So I gotta think about that. They'll, and, sell, they'll they'll put a mortgage on their house. They'll do whatever it needs to be. That's right. You're gonna sell a kidney. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Soccer Chronicle will take care of you. Okay, Fernando. <laughs> so, hey, you you know like, remember that video that came out on Twitter? That even what's it? I think it was Jonathan dos Santos retweeted, where that guy saw that he got tickets for the Mexico USA match in in uh, the Rose Bowl and just started to cry. That's how I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna do Seriously? that. I don't think yeah. the goal. I don't think the, they will charge that much for the goal cup unless maybe they're Mexico games or U.S. games because, I mean, they'll pay it. the Mexicans. You know they'll pay it. So you think the prices are based on uh, who's playing I mean, that day? I mean, well. I mean, obviously, you're going to have Neymar, you're going to have, you know, Suarez, you're going to have Messi. You know, so people are trying, I mean, they're going to bank on that. You know, they're going to bank on Chicharito. Oh, but yeah. you know, for, the, for the for the Gold Cup, really the only main attraction is really, you know, Mexico, if you think but, about but it. And obviously what? the U.S. Pr prices are already higher than what, what used to be. Like, oh, of course. So, I mean, they might not be as much as for Copa America, but it could be like, a price hike. Now you bring up a good point. Is there going to be a, you know, prices based on on who's playing? Because we already know who the seeds are. We have the U.S., Mexico, Brazil, and Argentina, and they know where they're going to play their 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 three group games. So it could be that they're you know there's going to have, they're going to have a, a price scale for that. And if Argentina say has you know, Jamaica and Peru in their group. The Jamaica-Peru game is not going to be $165 at Foxborough. But you never know. The scary thing is, is that, you know, for folks that always complain about how, 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 you know, how could you allow FIFA to do this? You know, they're, they're ruining the sport, blah, blah, blah. The stadiums are going to be sold out, so they're supporting it by, by buying them the tickets. So there's that. Anybody have other comments about the, the t ticket prices for Copa America? So not, none of these games are like double headers, like for the group. I stage? don't think so. I think that they're all uh, in separate venues. But then again, I don't know. I haven't seen a. So where is Mexico playing uh, in the group stage? They're playing in Phoenix, in Pasadena, and I want to say Houston. 
Imagine that. <clears throat> That's awesome. I might have to. I might have to uh, fork over the cash to go. Now I did notice that there was a national team that played over the weekend, the U.S. at the Home Depot Center. Now I know it was raining in Southern California. And you guys just you guys freak out when it rains out there. But I mean, were there five thousand people in the stands for that game? Did anybody watch it? I have a DVR. Yeah, so do I. I've been meaning yeah. to watch. You haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Well, there weren't that many people in the stands. It was uh, kind of sad. Not okay. for uh, they played Iceland, right? They did, and Iceland is going to be one of those uh, teams to watch at the upcoming Euro. The first time they've ever qualified for any tournament at any level, which is going to be kind of fun. Of course, it helps that they went from you know 16 to 24 teams, but. I uh, I actually speaking of Iceland I actually applied for some of their uh, the media tickets for the Euro to you know 2016 so hopefully I'll be able to watch them you know in France come summer. You and Bjork, you should invite Bjork. Tell her she can be a correspondent for Soccer Chronicle. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm a fan, so let's get her on. Absolutely. Moving moving on. Uh, Read a little blurb this week that, uh, just like ESPN did in the last World Cup cycle, it looks like Fox Sports, uh, Big Fox here in the U.S., is very close to acquiring uh, rights to the FMF games, which includes Mexico's national team games here in this country, World Cup qualifiers at home. And I'm not sure, but I'm curious if that's going to include Liga MX games like ESPN's deal was a few years ago. Now, of course, the big reason they're doing this is because by getting the FMF rights for Mexico's qualifiers at home, they get to broadcast the U.S.-Mexico World Cup qualifier in 2017. Now... My question to you all is, Liga MX is uh, far and away the most popular soccer league in this country. I don't think that anyone denies that. But you know, we've talked about in the past how Liga MX doesn't market itself globally. I mean, they don't even have an English language version of their webpage. So I know that they did this with uh, ESPN a couple years ago. But if it turns out that they do Liga MX games... How much, if any, do you think that would help uh, Liga MX as far as its brand and image here in this country with non-Spanish speakers? I think it, I think it'll help out a lot because obviously because of you know Fox Soccer uh, World and everything. Um, I don't know if they will you know the guys the people over there at the Fox you know the Mexican Soccer Federation if they're gonna have like English and French uh, websites. Uh, you know, versions of their website, uh, they should. I mean, obviously, they're the big, you know, big dog in CONCACAF. At the very uh, least, an English version. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but I, I think it's just a matter of time. I mean, eventually, they'll, they'll, they'll get on board and they'll do it. I think it's a, a sub great, great news because this last Mexico-USA match that they had uh, this October... Uh, Fox Soccer, believe it or not, started broadcasting the, the, some of the matches in some movie theaters, and I thought that was really cool. 
So if they are going to start doing that with the Mexico matches, you know, trying to broadcast them at movie theaters, man, that's going to be some good times. I know it's a little self-serving, but it's good times. Good that's times actually ahead. a good point. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. So and these are just for the for the English rights. Yeah, they're they're. It looks like they're going to acquire the English language rights for the uh, national team games. You know, the Moleros they play here, and then their uh, qualifiers. And yeah. and so I, I would assume that if if FMF was smart, they'd say, well, you know what, you need to broadcast some Liga Max games. Well, I, I wouldn't jump to that, though. I I honestly think though you need to be really smart with who you put to call the games. It's gonna. I, I, that's the one thing I think that that is lacking is someone who is eloquent and funny enough to to and knows and is familiar with the Mexican game to actually entertain an American audience. Like someone who's been who's smart enough to clue them in on on the on the Mexican football nuance and the, and like some of the. Dan, you know, I don't think I don't think it would matter as much. I mean, I, I don't think, think any. Have wait, you wait, I don't think here? anyone here tuned out from La Torre de Jalisco, dude. And we, <laughs> we, we put up with him for like three World, three, four World well, Cups now. Well, I think, I think you're, you're being overly harsh. I, I, I think at very least they put some emotion, and some people do. I don't. I, I personally, I'm not. I don't. I, I don't have any issues with it. My my issue is how boring some of the some of the, the play-by-play can be. Um, by some of the American announcers, and I know that that to alleviate that they've put in a lot of uh, um, British guys who are probably a little, little bit more used to calling the games. Um, but I think uh, that's one thing that if if they're going to start covering the Mexican game, I, I just would want them to be clued in, not just not it be so you want them to cheesy. to hire guys that know like us. Way. Essentially, I'm I'm basically uh, raising my hand. Well, you know, I have I work for Fox uh, occasionally. So <coughs> give me your resume. We'll uh, yes, yeah. easy. We'll, we'll we'll get it going. We'll, well get there's, it going. there's one thing that we have to touch upon is the fact that Fox bought the English speaking the English rights, not from the FMF, not from anybody in Mexico, but from Univision. So I'm not entirely sure how much the Mexican Federation had to do with this. Um, well, they haven't bought them yet. Well, so. well, you know. They they would be buying them from uh, Univision, which is it makes well, sense. From, keep from in their, mind, keep in mind, Televisa has a say too. With yeah, but it's with, with, yeah, with, with yeah. redistribution rights. But but go, going back to uh, the FMF, you know, appearing more to English, you know, fans, be it you know TV, be it internet. I I think I think the the Mexican Federation has to be, you know, more proactive, uh, doing so because he, here's the thing: first generation immigrants eventually will stop, you know, watching Mexican TV and will start watching more English TV. I mean, I, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm the only one that I don't watch anything in Spanish other than really you know soccer. Come on! I know you watch some of the Gigante. No, no. I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I, I really. <laughs> I thought they canceled that already. Uh, I, I, they did actually. Sadly. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't watch. I don't watch. I don't watch. Ronnie, Ronnie, stop watching after. 
Pedro el Escamoso Gacante. Oh. I know he enjoyed that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he got the no, but, but uh, you guys get what my point is just that you know eventually you're gonna lose you know cert, uh, a certain demographic because they're gonna be more Americanized and they're gonna be they're gonna want to watch. You know more American TV or English TV, and I mean obviously like you know uh, what is it NBC Telemundo? They've tried to capture that with with uh, what, what is it Fusion? Yeah, Fusion, Mo- yeah. Fusion yeah. TV and, yeah. and Mundo is trying to like you know get the whole hybrid you know Pocho thing going on and stuff like that. But uh, eventually they're gonna go full Pocho and, and start watching you know English TV and, and, change, I, and I, change their podcast name. To the What's that? Pocho. You're saying they're gonna go full pocho? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. The irony, the irony. All right. Well, that's a you know that is a very good point. I mean, FMF, if 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 they haven't started to think globally, I I think that this would be a very good time for them to start doing so, especially considering the news that came out of China this week with uh, 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 who was who was it that 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 played the Chinese team? At the Club World Cup. <laughs> That's right. It was Guasu, Cuba America. Guasu Evergrande. Yeah, and they they just purchased uh, Jackson Martinez for forty five million bucks. So now they, they idiots. I, I'm not saying that they're not that they're they, that, that, that they're direct competitors, but we've been talking about for the past couple of podcasts how uh, if Mexico does want to make that global move, they're gonna have to get. Uh, acquire more players with more of a, you know, a global panache, a global Q factor, whatever. But that's a that's a fail right there, though. Forty five million, dude. You know, John. There there comes a point where, where no one's gonna buy. China doesn't have a soccer culture, just like the just like the Middle East. They don't have a soccer culture. So I mean, these guys, these billionaires, they can spend you know all their money. It's still not gonna fool anybody because you know, they're plastic fans. But they're paying the money, right? You know, not, 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 their money not, is coming from somewhere. You know, loading the ratings are getting the the TV rights went from twenty million to like like three or four hundred million just year over year. So, you know, yeah. Chinese people are in China. Maybe in plastics yeah. probably spend more money. It may be in its national stages, no doubt. But my point is, they're they're not getting the. You know the retirees that go to MLS and Qatar. I mean, the but, but I don't think I don't think they're looking to get the international market just just within China alone. Well, that that's fine. But what I'm saying is is now China is going to be competing for the level of player that Mexico can get and should get for Liga MX teams. That's all I'm saying. I'm I, not I saying that. I think that's true, but I think that this isn't exactly an example that. The Mexican league should be following is paying forty five million for a guy that that they actually paid probably a a whole lot less for. Well, yeah, they they paid what what three or four for him when he first came up. So well, that's they love to sell for forty five million. Yeah, well, that would have been. Well, America's supposed to be like the the L A Lakers, the the team with the money in Mexico, but Iñak is the the main dude, the main foreigner. The Tigres, so they they're beating Tigre, they're beating America to the punch. And Tigres with the Gignac, I mean Gignac has to be the, I mean, would y'all consider like the at this moment, like the the the, the poster the poster child for Liga MX right now? Yeah, he's the star of the league. 
Yeah, there's no yeah, question. Yeah, for sure. I know it should be Ruben Sambuesa, I know. But, you know, Gignac is a little better. Well, just, I mean, just keep in mind that China's been investing a lot of money for the last 20 years in soccer and what one World Cup to show for, one World Cup appearance, which was actually when in 2002 when you had South Korea and Japan who didn't you know, participate in the qualifiers because they were the host nations. Like I said, they're throwing money. They're, they're, they're like the Middle Eastern countries. They're just you know, spending outrageous amounts of, of money on players, but they're not doing really anything. I mean, they're just, I mean, good, good for those guys. I mean, good for Batistuta, good for, you know, for what's his name, uh, Xavi. I mean, they're, hey, they're making the money, you know. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see them taking things, you know, taking uh, players away from the Mexican league. Well, I don't oh, think I... they're taking players from the Mexican league, but they are raising their profile. And you know, if they're investing money, it's because they see money as a return that's coming back to them. And remember, they they have a big, you know, a big country with, and I'm pretty sure they they will make their money back. That's for sure. All I'm saying is, is if, you know, if I, let's say Club America has the chance to get Radamel, who I think could do very well at a Club America, to definitely get his mojo back. But maybe a Chinese team bids firm as well. I mean, that that that's my point is that there are going to be certain players that Mexico could probably should get that may not because now you know they're not going to lose in the MLS. But there is another another market where this could. Happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen John, every time, but it's going to happen occasionally. That sounds like they're doing us a favor. I Getting agree. rid of like the Roque Santa Cruz's. Yep. Some of these petardos that we get. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think Jackson. We, we need to send them a, a fruit what basket. Uh, America should have got Giovanni. They had a chance. I mean, he's a, he's. A, you a, know, while they're at. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. While they're at it, they can take Darwin Quinteros. Okay. <laughs> Why? He's a really good player, man. Yeah, they, they're missing the bus. I think America could have had some big signings. And they haven't. They just get like the they get, they get the patadas you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's not the it. that's not the way they operate. Though America doesn't really operate that way. At least not in the past couple of years. They don't go after, um, for whatever reason. They don't seem to be going after guys like uh, I know. Like you know, a couple of years ago they made a push for uh, Andres D'Alessandro, which would have been a tremendous player to have in Mexico. Um, but either the money wasn't good enough, or he just didn't really have any interest in coming uh, coming to Mexico. But it's, it is interesting to see teams like, like Monterrey or, or even Tigres that are going after some of these European-based players, yet America seems content to just buy the players that are somewhat above average in the league. You know, they bought Oribe, they brought Darwin Quintero, Ruben Sambuesa, which, is, I mean, for better or for worse, they've all been, you know, have had varying degrees of success. Or even like Omar yeah. Gonzalez. Omar Gonzalez, Pachuca got him. Well, are you look. We got that one dude, that one guy. Yeah, Pablo Golds. No, Pablo Aguilar. I mean, really, just sort of underwhelming players that don't really seem to be a step up in quality than what you would find in the league itself. And and so it is. It is a little bit strange in that sense, but um, it's it's okay, I guess. You know, in the sense that if you got teams like Santos or you know Monterrey, Tigres, etc. That are going to go out and make these sort of take these gambles with these European-based players. I mean, at least somebody else is doing it. But you would think America, with the kind of uh, media, you know, spotlight that they have, and, and they do have the funds to do it. 
Um, you think they would be more proactive in that sense? I, I think I think America's done uh, a combination of each of going with players, be it you know foreign or national, that are t- you know that are that, that are tested in Liga MX, like you know like you said, Oribe and Darwin and stuff like that. But even going after, for example, the the youngster from the Euro One youngster Lozano, or uh, yeah. which I think is, I think he's a very good player. It's a good and pickup, I, yeah. He's a very good pickup, and I think uh, you know there's a lot of potential there. And obviously, Pipa Benedetto, I think. I think people, uh, in a way, is kind of like uh, I'm not. I think he, he's he's a great you know great addition to the team. Uh, I mean, in the past what ten, twelve something years, I mean, foreign players that made an immediate impact upon arrival. I mean, three that come to mind are Piojo, you know, Piojo, so uh, Bam Bam, uh, Cabañas, and I and I think you know people Benedetto. I think you know he can. He, I, I think he can become a an icon at that at the club if he keeps doing what he's doing. He's very uh, young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so obviously, I have high hopes for him. I have high hopes for Lozano. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the the players that they have gotten, they're they're not getting the, you know, the big fish like they used to get, like the players you'd mentioned. I mean, it, it seems like they're getting players to. Hopefully, possibly, maybe in two or three years, right? You know, selling for profit. It's kind of a paradigm change for for Club America. We'll see how they do with some of these guys. You know, in the That's, next, you know, if someone makes thing, though, for the camera like, like you said, I mean, if it's a two to three year project down the road, if there's one of the one of the teams in Mexico that doesn't have the the benefit of of even planning six months down the road or two tournaments down the road, it's it's Club America. You know, but it works for Pachuca because Pachuca is a team that, you know, they're a good they team, Pachuca, and they, but they don't have they don't have that sort of immediate pressure that that Club America has, or even for example Chivas. You know, Chivas, they, they if you look at their squad, they're good, they have a good squad, and I mean, they could project very well down the road in in, in a year or a year and a half, like two to three tournaments. But no one's gonna, they're not gonna be able to sort of put that to work because. They have to obviously they have to heat the lamp on their head about you know with the, the relegation, but also because they're one of those national teams that are just constantly being talked about and everything they do is scrutinized. And I think America is kind of the same, if not maybe a little bit bigger. So, I mean, this is these are obviously long-term plans with some of these players, but yeah, but, but America has the the luxury of um, a much larger, more expansive player pool than Chivas has. That is true. Well, go, go, going back to what you were saying, Christian, about you know Pachuca not having that pressure, and you're right because if you recall, you know, like three or four, you know, uh, championships the following year, they failed to qualify for the league. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and you know, right now, you know, some people want to paint you know Medic like they're in some major, major crisis, and no, I was like, not. <laughs> and it, it's not. I mean, it's not. It, it, you know, obviously, there's room for improvement. But I mean, Jesus, they, they've gone to three final, or they've gone to three finals in the last, you know, two three years, two three years. And uh, aside from winning the the, the Concacaf Cup, and obviously they're already in the knockout stages of the Concacaf Cup. So it's it's like it's not it's not a it's not a crisis, but obviously there's that expectation. And going back to you know what you were saying about Chivas, it's sad because you know ten years ago there was that level of pressure at Chivas, and I think that Vergara. And you know the way he's treated the club, like you know, like, like a wrestling gig. 
I, I think that they, those players don't have that pressure like they once used to. Cruz Azul has it still. You know, yeah. obviously... You know, Cruz Azul, Leo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, going back to your what you said about America being successful in the last few years, they did it with Darwin Quintero. Just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't really a crucial piece. You know, you know, just just to add to the players, um, I think America has been smart about about the transfers. If if you remember a few years back, at one point they had about thirty players on their payroll. Yeah, just out alone. Yeah, and they had them scattered all over, mm-hmm. even even loaned out to to other South American teams. Was Fantic still on the payroll? Carrondo <laughs> still on the payroll. Good lord! <laughs> oh, that guy was terrible. Okay. You know, talk, let's uh, actually that's a, a, a good spot for us to shift gears a little bit. Uh, talk about a team that has recently been promoted into Liga MX and went about surviving in their first year, just in my opinion, completely the wrong way. And that's uh, Dorados, the Sinaloa out in Culiacán, a team that was promoted. Disassembled, reassembled with a bunch of scrubs, and sent sent out to, you know, trying to accumulate, you know, forty points or so over the next two seasons, and Yikes. stay in the first division. It's not working out for them. They only have fifteen points accumulated. They haven't won so far in in the Clausura, which means that out of the next uh, thirteen games, they have to win ten of them. They've been Chivas's best friend so far in the clausura and it, I think it kind of makes sense as to why Chivas you know, gave them all their cast offs because if they didn't work for Chivas they're not going to work for the Dallas. makes all the sense in the world it's like the, uh, uh, a great sabotage Joel yes sir I mean don't you feel a little for the Dorados fans that they have a team they make it and then that team just gets completely torn apart, and to bring a bunch of new dudes, and it's just been terrible ever since. I think, um, no, I mean, that's that's a team that doesn't really have a presence in uh, in first division, so I don't really, you know, I don't really care much. <laughs> but um, but going back to the best friend you were saying. What do you mean, man? Guardiola, Guardiola was playing there. They have a history. Yeah, that's not... Anyways, they have um, right there, secret agent Luis Michel, and I uh-huh. think he's, I think he's he's their goalkeeper. I think he's he's been messing up on purpose. <laughs> yeah, he's a Chiba savior right there. there. But uh, but wouldn't he wanna help his team? I thought he's, that his, he's, the he's the true oh, hero. He's the true hero, not Almeida. Huh? So you're he's, saying that he's he's been the key to uh, Chivas's? Hey, look look at his performances. This guy was national team caliber goalkeeper. At one point he was. I don't think he was a long-term caliber. Yeah, but goalkeeper. but if you compare it to how he's doing now, it's just it's suspect. Well, I think he's a good. He was a good shot stopper, but I mean that was about the extent of his skills. And <clears throat> I mean you're that's that's fine. I mean you can, you can make a career out of that, but I'm not entirely sure that he was ever going to be anything more than a reserve goalkeeper for the national team, even at his best. But the thing about Dorados, I think that, I think Joel has a point. I mean, a lot of us don't really have anything invested in this team because, you know, we just don't. 
you know, there's not there's not a lot there, at least over the last seven, eight years with this team that would make you think that, you know, they deserve to stay in the first division or anything like that. But at least for their fans, it is disappointing because the season, the two seasons prior to them coming up to the first division, they were playing really well in the in the uh, Liga de Ascenso. But the only thing was, too, was their team was built a lot of, uh, around a lot of loan players, players that came in on loan, a couple of younger players. And the the signs, the red flag should have gone up when they came up to the first division and instead of really doing or taking the time to scout and, and build a decent core, if some of the guys that they had were going to go back to their teams or parent teams, they really didn't do a lot. They didn't do themselves any favors with the guys they started bringing in. And then subsequently the coach that they brought in, Suarez is a very good coach, but he wasn't a guy that was going to save them from relegation. That's true. Now, my issue with them, in the, in the sense, if we look at who has come up over the past couple of years, namely Tijuana and Leon, and to a lesser extent, Veracruz, but they were not really the team that came up. But but specifically, Tijuana and Leon, they came up, they had a base of good players, and then they kept that base, and then they did really well their first years in the in the league. I mean, Tijuana, within a couple of years, won a championship. Obviously, Leon did, did as well. You know, they didn't completely tear their, their team apart. They they had had the base, they had the co- coach, and they seemed to have, have done, done well. Now, Uda Head did the same thing last year. They, you know, again, completely disassembled their team, and, uh, you know, they were one and done. And then it's, it's very obvious that, that Dorados is going to be a one-and-done, too. So, you know, again, I, I do feel for the folks in, in Culiacan. I felt a little worse for the Leones Negros just because, in my opinion, in, it, and at least in my history, they're more of a traditional team, and it's a team that I grew up watching and was in the league for a while, made a couple of finals, you know, have a good following, etc. Dorados, you know, kind of like Juan said, they're not really, uh, you know, they're kind of a flash in the pan. So, you know, it's not going to, upset me that they go down, but I do feel bad for their fans in the sense that their team never really had a chance and that you don't really know how they, they could have done with their same players. It would have been a little bit, a little bit more interesting. But What are the fewest uh, amount of points accumulated in a, in a season? Has there been a perfect uh, zero team ever? I don't think so. I think Chivas had a really bad couple of seasons a couple of years ago. Like I don't even think they got to 10 which is one of the reasons why they're in the situation they're in. But, uh, you know, I, I, th- I, th- I think there's been plenty of that have done single digits, but I don't know if anyone's ever, ever laid the immortal goose egg. Do you when think this team has it in them? Uh, you know, they'll probably beat Pumas, the way, way things are going. No, I, I, th- I think they'll win a couple games, but they're not going to get the 30 points they need. That's, you know, that, 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 that's no way it's, that that. that there's no way that's going to happen. When I was young, there used to be a team called uh, Laguna. Uh, I guess they were the precursor to Santos. Lagunitas. Go on. They were terrible. And uh, when I would watch them, they, they never won. And if, if, if they drew, it was, like, it was a miracle. And I don't think they lasted, but maybe a year or two. Man, I can't remember. They had awful uniforms too. No, I don't want it. 
the uniforms um, or even for Santos Laguna, the, the uniforms continue to be bad just because of the amount of uh, the amount of sponsors that they put on the shirts was was pretty pretty bad. They look like something that you'd see at Daytona. Oh man, I used to get clowned a lot wearing them, man. They're like uh, people always thought it was like like some people. I mean, a lot of people would, would say it jokingly, but some actually thought it was NASCAR. Well, Monterrey was worse. They, I got Canada once. They had 16 sponsors at one point, plastered all over the. They even had, like, one for the right sock and one for the left sock. It was nuts. God bless hey. them. Hey, stadiums cost money, man. I guess they do. Especially well, when they burn down the seats and stuff. You know, we'll talk about. Well, we'll it's a good, good point to jump into the our little next talk, kind of a, a, a little whip around around. Around Liga MX, we'll start with Monterey. So, were you really complaining about the refs, Fernando, when they lost to Pachuca, three-one? No, there was a it was a legit loss. You know, even the Leon lost too. So the best teams lost that weekend. It was just their their week. You know, they couldn't keep going with their perfect. You know, it's hard to maintain it in the Liga MX. So, because no, I, I seem to recall a message about how the the refs gifted a penalty, which, you know, sounds like. Someone threw you with a loser lifeline and then you grabbed on pretty tight. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to pull a Americanista thing here. They lost fair and square and that's all there is to it. Well, Pachuca, Pachuca is no joke. They were they played awesome. They're undefeated. They're at the top of the table. I, I see this team doing real well this yeah, year. Yeah, they got a really good team. There's no question. I, they enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching them play. They played America a couple of weeks ago and just tore them to pieces, and that was that was very enjoyable. If you don't mind my saying, <laughs> it's that much, I, huh? <laughs> I think you guys will uh, eke out a point against them next week. I'm hoping. Yeah, you think so? Sure, why not? I mean, I, I, I mean, should, I think they have looked good, but I don't think there are anything um, that's unbeatable. Well, Santos Pumas, is doing I mean, too. Yeah, I, I, I think they've looked uh, pretty in control of most of their other games that they've won. Um, well-deserved victories. There, they seem to be believing in themselves, and they, they're starting really fast. Which is, you know, it's, it's they're, they're, they're getting started like in the first half of the games. They're taking early leads and holding on. I mean, they're not blowing teams out, but they're playing smart. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you guys, but. Um... As far as the question about you know single digits uh, finishing, there's been a couple in the uh, in the short seasons: Indios, uh, Tecos, Puebla, Querétaro. In fact, the Indios didn't even win a game the entire season. Didn't Necaxa do that when they went down too? Uh, like they had a bunch of ties. He went. Yeah, when was coaching them, and he couldn't couldn't get them to win either. Oof. Indios tenía que ser. Oh, that's wrong, dude. Yeah, no, no, that's bad form, dude. <laughs> Indeed. America looked good. They uh, added to Dorado's misery, helped Chivas out with their win. Now, speaking of which, I wasn't complaining about the ref, John. Well, they oh, won. Was... won. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the Pachuca game. Oh no! I know you're my, not talking about the refs. It was the, okay. the my beef. That's a bridge under the water, man. Just we'll no, get no. to that. Okay, all right, all right. We'll get to that. 
Don't bust that Flip nut that. yet. We'll be right back. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. I, I know you have uh, your tirade segment. It's coming up. Don't worry. You know, in fact, we have a comment on our YouTube page. People want us to talk about Pachuca, so let's talk about Pachuca then. So I believe, uh, Ronnie, earlier you had requested a tirade, so go ahead. Oh, he went to drop a deuce. He's not with us. We'll have to do his no, tirade. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm oh, he's here. here. No. So. All right. Well, my beef is, and it's been reported for like over the past, you know, over a decade. To about, who? What's that? It's been reported. You know, you can do, you know, you can Google it and stuff like that. Um, you know, that ref officials tend to get, you know, preferential treatment, the red carpet treatment when they go to Pachuca and when they go to the university. Uh, now, when you know. say red carpet treatment, please elaborate. Do they, do they have a nice locker room? They have hot water. They have masseuses. They get desgramadas. They, they, get show, they get chauffeured around. They get, you know, dinners and stuff like that. I mean, that's what's been reported and stuff, you know. Uh, and, they get you know, envelopes full of money. I don't know about that, but they, you know, the treatment, they, they do hook up the, the officials. So they give them Uber XL instead of just regular Uber. So I mean they're not you know I mean like like what you were saying where you know Veracruz turns off the uh, air conditioning you know right. Pachuca does the exact opposite they give them you know the you know well, the, uh, it looks like the it, VIP it's paying off well <laughs> yeah mate true but my, my thing is this is like you know you know Lozano you know gets he comes in with a miscalculated tackle obviously. Um, he hits, you know, uh, the, the I forget the player. Um, uh, he, he tweeted the injury. Ejidio Revalo. No. Yeah, he yeah he tweeted he tweeted you know uh, the 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 injury. And my point is like, well, how would the disciplinary committee do the investigation if they never even talk to the other player and see about the injury? And it's just like. I, I just don't understand why Pachuca would, you know, would get that sort of treatment where they would, you know, expunge the red card, knowing that other, you know, other other clubs in the past, including America, have tried to expunge red cards to no avail. That's not. I mean, there are other clubs that have gotten red cards removing they got their guys to play. I mean, every team that appeals the red card. Some teams when they appeal, some teams don't. That was, that was a very bad call in the first no, place. No, my, my 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 point my point was that okay. Like, for example, I, I really doubt that they're doing thorough investigations because, I mean, you know, and this kind of goes back to the whole, you know, uh, uh, Baloy, uh, Quinteros thing where they did an investigation, but how the hell did they even do the investigation? When, well, they when asked Darwin, Darwin, well, but no. No, when Darwin, when Darwin was – I mean, they were already outside of the country, you know? So, I mean, obviously – They called on the phone. Skype. Exited him. Oye, Dario, si o no? He said, No. <laughs> no, no, what, 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 what did he call? Yeah. By the way, I forgot. I don't know. It was wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. No, so, so I mean, my point is this: it's like, are they even making an effort? Because, I mean, Pachuca is getting that. You know, they've been getting preferential treatment, and they've been but getting it for long. Like, but it's not like they're turning it into wins. I mean, Pachuca has been pretty mediocre for a while. Now, I know that on the at the director level, they got a guy who was suspended for just a couple of months, whereas... Four uh, months as opposed to Kuri a year. 
Yeah, but Goody admitted on the air that he was drunk. I mean, uh, Fosse went also went out of his way to approach the uh, you know the official, and it, and it's not like it really mattered because Fosse was gonna you know he took out he took that suspension and he went back to Argentina because they also own a club over there. So it's like you know no harm no foul, but you know I just uh, maybe he did it on purpose. But, well, no, but I'm just saying it's uh, you know they give Cudi a year, but they give Fosse you know four months. I, I mean that's bullshit. Maybe they're afraid to getting assaulted again. But I mean, like I said, I think that there's some, um, you know, some other circumstances there that that we didn't see in the Fosse case, and, and namely that the dude was drunk, and then he went after him in the parking lot after the game. You know, did, did Fosse do that too? Did he go out of his way like that to go after a ref? Even still, I, I mean, think probably, a year. He probably showed up at the hotel to the hotel bar. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. No, I was just saying, I, I still think it seems rather much. But then again, I, was, I, I didn't think uh, Piojo deserved to get fired for what he did either, but that's just me, I guess. I guess I, I'm a little more forgiving than others. No, you're, you're right. Um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about in these situations with, uh, with Liga MX, and of course, just as I'm saying this, I lost... My train of thought. What are you gonna do? I think it's just a little bit of whining there from Ronnie. There, there was, there wasn't. I mean, I, I can see the Veracruz, the Cootie suspension. I mean, it, it was blown up in the media. It went all over Twitter. But he, he, he caused a whole ruckus. They laid hands on the old dude. You're picking on an old man, so that's gonna rile up some people. And the whole Pachuca, the Lozano thing. He got to the ball first. He kicked the ball away. And then he just, from inertia, came down on the dude. And, and I don't even think he barely even touched him. Not only that, but you know, Chucky's not a dirty player. So, I mean, it's not as if there yeah. was precedence here. And his reaction was not that of, oh, yeah, I deserved it. He was right. going crazy because that was just a crazy call. I didn't deserve a red or anything. More, more, to, more to my point, though. Even though, even, okay, well, obviously he did make contact because the player. Obviously the player. Obviously, the player, you know, the, you know, he tweeted his injury, so obviously he did. You know, there was a miscalculated tackle. Arrived, I think. But, but did, did he even his dude like like the America guys? The game of soccer, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, you're gonna hit each other. Contact sport, it's gonna happen. But there wasn't no intention. There wasn't no. Policy. You know, I am a firm believer that that. Hey, hey, hey! Hold on, hold on. Is an issue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's intention or not. A foul's a foul. Sometimes you don't have the intent to foul, but you still commit it. That wasn't even a foul. I don't think. That it wasn't a it foul. Was. I, I don't think he made contact. Did he make contact? I even, don't think well, he did. Even if he did, that well, wasn't a foul. Well, you went after the ball. How did he get the, the injury ball. then? What? What injury? Got a little cut. <laughs> the ball was in the air. He went up and he kicked the ball away. Of course, you're going to bring your foot down. It doesn't belong up in the air. And when he brought his foot down, the dude slid underneath and maybe got a little bit, a little bit of a slice on his leg, which you know that's that's just the game. Yeah. And anyway, my point is, I think reputation and precedence goes a long way when it comes to the refs and their decisions. I mean, a guy like Ruben Ruben Samuesa is always going to be on a short leash because he smacked a ref. A few years ago, when he was at Tecos, so they're not going to forget. If, if there, if if that's a, if that pl- play happened with you know with America, 
not only is it a suspension for the red card, we're talking about another suspension for anti uh, fair play as to how he you know, reacts. No, probably how, worse. Probably worse. And how, and how he would react. But again, that's uh, with, because that's how Medica plays. No, they no, deserve no. it. No, yeah. No. That's their reputation. Their reputation be the dirty team. No, no. Ronnie, like, I think Dunga has a point though. If you think like, uh, think about uh, uh, you're not supposed to, You're not supposed. He's another. Not, he's another player who often, who 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 would get, in, who would never get the benefit of the doubt. It, there's uh, there's some players that after a while, in a perfect world, but the, we all know that that's not that's not true though. The, and then that's more more to my point that you know the the, the damn officials are, are are corrupt or not corrupt, but they're just inept. You know. And they need to clean house, starting with Codes, and, and, and starting with Codesani. Not all of them are inept. Come on, I mean, About I mean, look, look at the, look, look at Lozano's reaction, and look at Mickey Arroyo's reaction. You know, when he got thrown off, uh, what two weeks ago or whatever. I mean, and, and Baloy basically slapped him, choked him. Nothing. He deserved it. No, he deserved it. But the president got a black card. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that it's there's certain clubs, Pachuca being one of them. Leon being another, okay, that Wait. get... Arro Arroyo's reaction was elbowing some dude. What's that? Last he week? He elbowed a guy in the nuts. And what, what did Felipe Baloy do? There, remember, there should, there should have been three well, that players. Dirty also. Baloy. There should have been, yeah, there should have been absolutely. See, you're right. There should have red carded Baloy on top of that. Oh, hell, even Aztecas, even Aztecas' own commentators were talking, you know, during the America game, yeah. saying, oh, man, you know, they, they got it easy. I mean, there should have been three players that should have been sent off direct red cards because of how they right. were. And two of them were America how are, you, how are you equating that, though, with, with, uh, with Lozano, though? Because he can't – because still, even if there was no intent, there was still a miscalculated, uh, uh, miscalculated tackle. Okay, and that's a red card. Even if it's a yellow, okay. But, but again, but, but, Ronnie, but, reputation of presidents plays there. I mean, yeah, he got a red card. He got a red card, so why are you so upset? A foul is a foul. A foul is a foul. That's my point. He actually got the red card in the game. No, no, but okay, he did get carded, but but then to get expunged after the fact. Well, they obviously looked at the videotape and said that it wasn't a red card, so he got expunged. And but did they not did they not check with the other player to see his injury? How do you know they didn't? Well, obviously there's there's a picture on the internet now, which brings me. Did he say that? What, hey, Ch Beto, Beto, what's, what's your position on these players uh, uploading their injuries on, on, uh, on Twitter? Chiyon. I'm Chiyon. But, you know, on Hideo Arevalo's case, though, it was the wife that uploaded it, not him. So no, he, it was uh, him, dude. It was him. No, no, it was it, the it wife. It wasn't Arevalo. It was, it was, uh, no, it was his wife. It was his Whatever his name is. Oh, you mean that other? Oh, okay, never mind. I thought yeah, it was the... who was the one who got. No, it wasn't him. And he's the one, and he, he his wife didn't post it. it oh wait, wait, we have confirmation. It was Gargano. Gargano was the player from Monterrey. Come on, yeah. Pern. I thought you watched the game. What? No, what? it was the player from Atlas who got who got sliced. No, I thought Patrick played Monterrey. I'm sorry. Monterrey. No, no. I thought we we're talking about that. Okay, we're talking about different files. Sorry. There was this uh he Arevalo from Atlas, he got like sliced and his wife posted the the picture with this nasty cut. You know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna get a hangnail and I'm gonna post it on Twitter. Look what Ronnie did to me.
No, but it was Gargano. Thank you, Constantino, who is one of our loyal listeners on YouTube. Please tell your friends that we're on every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central, the Dos Acero podcast. Okay. Joel, do you have any uh, good, good gossip for us in your Lavandero segment? No, none this week, John. No? Yeah, I'm starting are, off are wrong. You still, are you still researching the, the third shooter? <laughs> <laughs> that's no, but that's a different... I lost, I lost some interest. No, I don't blame it. It is America. No one wants to pay attention. Can we, can we call this the Mori Povich segment of Dos uh, Acero? Sure. The Jerry Springer. Well, the Maury Povich is big on the Who's Your Daddy, um, or he is not the father type of shows. <laughs> That's so, right. Well, it's not like you. So, so he he, exactly he gets to right. like he gets a sigh of relief. All right. Now we're gonna celebrate. Indeed. Well, let's see. Where's my my list of goodies here? Because I I dropped my book. Where is it? Joel, you mentioned earlier in the week that you wanted to talk about Chivas. In the sense that uh, they snubbed FMF for their Molero next week in Miami. They're not going to send players, and you think that there's going to be repercussions for them. Please elaborate. Yeah, I, I just I just feel there's there's some young guys that uh they want they want that exposure and and the other ones that are trying to uh you know they're trying to leave the team that's that's kind of obvious you know and uh, it could it could there was some reports earlier that they had a team meeting with uh, Almeida and Bravo you know talking to the squad. But but it's it's interesting because Bravo was one of the first guys to speak out, uh, say Chivas should have up to 15 players in the national team. So, you know, some some something might go on. I, I think time will tell. We'll see. We'll see how that. You know, if he it brings the locker room or or if it brings him closer. I don't think this is going to make him closer at all. If anything, the team is going to make them resent. Being part of that team, it's like just there. I think uh, Omar Bravo was pretty clear as to how the rest of the guys feel that you know, even despite whatever the case is and whatever situation the team is in, there's no honor like being able to represent the country. And, and you know, and, you know what? They haven't been clear on whose call it was. Was this Almeida's decision? They they haven't said who decided. Not to release players. Who do you think decided? I, you know, with Chivas is difficult because I know that Iguera has has um. He's been one of the main. He's been one of the everyone. Everyone is looking at Vergara, but but the past like the past six months, it's been all Iguera well, who's been it, it, controlling it, it, the team. Well, remember, you know. Just ten years ago, when uh, Chivas was, you know, Chivas was doing the same thing where they didn't want to lend their players because, you know, they were super Chivas and you know the the, the Libertadores and they still and, took him. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, when La Volpe, when La Volpe was there, I mean, he was also having problems with, you know, uh, you know, catching heat from from Vergara, 
because you know he would take six, seven players to to the camps, or he would take you know six players to the national team, and and Vergara would complain. So I don't know if this is Almeida. I don't know if this is Higuera. I think you know I think my, the you know the smart money is on Vergara, obviously because of what they're fighting now is relegation. Yeah, but yeah. Vergara would wouldn't he want his players on the national team to like how I said for them to get that exposure, so that he can you know maybe make a little money selling them. I mean, it could be. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, back back in two thousand five, two thousand four, obviously, Chivas was doing very well, uh, playing very well, um, and to a degree, I could understand Vergara's point of view because sometimes, remember, you know, uh, you know, La Volpe would you know have access to the players for these uh, mini camps, and obviously that would Chivas. And that would affect, you know, Chivas, you know, the most because, I mean, they would have to lend out, you know, Salcido, Massa, uh, Medina, uh, who am Bravo. I missing? Bravo. Um, Morales, Ramon Morales. Yeah, Ramoncito Morales. Uh, I don't think both. Well, eh, well, yeah, both too, but, I mean, he was Yeah, both. Sometimes, sometimes a goalie because he would be the third keeper. Reynoso. Uh, no, Reynoso no. Oswaldo, Oswaldo was the goalkeeper for a while. Yeah. So, you know, it just seems to me that I remember Vergara saying, oh, the national team comes first, yada, yada, yada. And now that doesn't seem to be the. Oh, see? We got some agreement. <laughs> you, but, and you uh, know what? You, you know, one of the things, um, one, of the, one of the rumors is that, that Osorio was trying to bring in uh, Brizuela. He was trying to call him up, at least, at least into camp. And uh, that's that's a player that hasn't really performed for Chivas, and if he if he was to be in the national team or at least have a decent showing, he could help the team in, in selling them, recovering some of that money. So they said it was it could have been up to four players. Obviously, one of them is Salcedo, who it looks like is going to get to go because he's got a red card. He so. probably did it on purpose too. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So it would have been Salcedo. And who else? A quick, quick subject. Um, did anybody know who uh, who won the uh, Puebla wrestling game last night? I, I, I saw it was two two. I don't know okay. if anybody won or not. No, because I'm actually, I'm watching actually Copa America. Because I'm watching uh, watching Chivas right now. You're watching. <laughs> yeah, hey, they're playing. The, uh, what's the score? I'm. My, it's uh, one zero. They're hanging in there. Oh. Yeah, they're hanging in there. The 90, yeah, the ninety third minute. Oh, yeah. they've been defending champions, huh? But again. you know what's coming. Y la Cruz Azulio. It's 2-2 final, Puebla. 2-2 final? Idiots. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you guys, have you guys mentioned Picolin? Well, we're, we're coming to that. I was just curious. Uh, I guess we don't have our... I know Joel is uh, a Chiva, but he doesn't really follow him. So <laughs> there would be four players. So who are the four players going to be? It was uh, Salcedo, uh, Brizuela. Yeah, Brizuela. And uh, the. Gullit? Gullit, yeah. Yeah, Gullit, and then the other guy, Dedos Lopez. Dedos, okay. Wasn't Almeida complaining? Like, he he, uh, he said he sent uh, Alanis to the national team and he came back with one leg. <laughs> <laughs> like, griping all over the place about this now. He needs all the things he can get. Okay, Chivas won. They're celebrating like they just won the World Cup. Okay, I'm lying. But... <laughs> hey, they're, they're the defending champions. 
the defending champion, so they should celebrate, man. I saw I saw Jorge Vergara on Periscope, and I was like, oh, let me check this out. And all he was talking about was only uh, what's that stuff he only like or not? Oh, only. his his liquid. Yeah, like a he had a box and he was showing talking about sales numbers and all this stuff. To this day, I've never seen that product. Okay, I've never seen it. I used to drive to uh, Arlington to do range, Rangers and Espanol for uh, Fox and Time Warner, and there was an Omni Life branch in right on the highway in Fort Worth, and I never saw any cars parked. You know, whether it was employees or or, or customers, they just Same. happened to be there. Same thing in Houston. There was one on the uh, uh, the Gulf Freeway. Uh, off of 45, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, same thing. No cars, nothing. Joel, you want to explain that? Is it a front or something? I don't know, man. I did see a Chihuacola once. <laughs> one time. Maybe it was the one Mexican time. Breaking Bad. And, uh, what? Didn't, hermanos. Yeah, it didn't. didn't let it me drink it, though. Now, that Chihuacola, was that back at your family's farm in Guadalajara? No. No, I was here. Uh, one of my friends, one of my friends got it. Because uh, I don't think it did good. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, they they tried replacing soft drinks with Chihuacola. What and, a terrible um, name! <laughs> it sounds sounds bad, man. That's like the Chevy Nova. At some point, dude, you gotta just you gotta. <laughs> Laugh at Vergara, you know. It's, it's, there, I mean, there just comes a point, dude. I mean, he from one day he, you know, he says that he's not going to prostitute the shirt, you know, he's not going to pimp out his shirt with sponsors, and then like the very next season, he has to, you know, he has to, to, you know, to get sponsors on the shirt. And then remember when he had the uh, the uh, jetliner, you know, bragging about you know his, you know, his teams only fly, you know. You know, first class, their own private plane. You know, where they played against Boca, and he actually sent the plane to pick up the Boca players. And then, like a year later, they're having to to fly. You know, coach. <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, 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 on well you know, you know, the last, just the last on that, because, because, um, yeah, he, they ended up, they even sold the team bus, so that the team bus that they celebrated with. I think it belonged to America. Was it Estrella de Oro? I think they... No, no, I mean, it was one of those. <laughs> La Chamarilla. Was it, was it Adame? Was it Adame? <laughs> was it a Yeah, no, I, I think they bought it from uh, from America. It was refurbished. <laughs> but but one, did uh, one, it, I think hey, one hey, thing hey, that happened... Well, did, huh? did, did, did the upholstery in the, in the bus come with things from America? <laughs> La Yuna and... Uh, <laughs> No, going back to because like, stuff they had to sell, they they had to sell a lot. Vergara has, has sold. Well, is that because of the fact that he had to pretty much finance the stadium itself? Yeah, yeah. He, well, you know what? He was gonna finance not just the stadium but a whole complex. I know he was supposed so, to have a palenque in there. He was supposed yeah. to have a library in there, Museum. a hotel in there. A museum, and there's there's nothing there. It's just the stadium, and it's it's just Not a barrack. 
So, but but I think what has hurt them the most was they when they sold Tapatio, because that was their, uh, you know, a team that was in in uh, second division, or right. you know, and that allowed that allowed up to like what close to thirty players to get to get good, you know, good playing time. And when they went up to the first team, they were they were more more seasoned, more developed, and that that was one of the complaints from uh, youth coaches that playing the under twenty league, the FMF under twenty that that's not helping them. And I think that that's been one of the problem, one thing that has helped the, you know, affected the the squad. Who's number twenty three for them? For, you, I don't, have no you have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. You don't know who's on the team. No, I, I have a... You know, Giovanni's on the team. Giovanni Hernandez? No, Giovanni Dos Santos. He's with Chivas. What? He's on loan. He's on loan to Chivas. <laughs> no, but... Uh, now, the the three list comes out tomorrow. We probably, you know, maybe should have timed our show a little better. There are rumors, and I don't know if these are unsubstantiated or substantiated or not, but the rumor is, and I can't even say it without cracking up, is that Picolin Palacios of, of, of Pumas is going to get called up. Jesus. Yeah. That's that's legit. <laughs> he served a long time coming. Oh, you know what's weird? I can't wait to see it. That. I hope he starts. We've been joking about that and uh, for the last couple months, and, and unfortunately... I think I know, and I say that with you know from the bottom of my heart. Unfortunately for all of us, this guy is about to get capped. Um, on the other hand, I mean, given that it's not a FIFA date, it's uh, the epitome of a molero. Um, it's hard to see, I guess, what other goalkeepers would have been available. But I feel like at this point, you could have called in any of the under uh, under 23 goalkeepers, and it would have been probably a better idea than bringing in. The this guy, the guy that has no name. Uh, uh, can't even. I can't even. I can't. Because he's ugly or something. Man. You know, the only, the only problem. <laughs> it should have happened for the both of them. It should have been the the, the Picolin brothers should have been called up at the same time. No, but you know what you the know. problem is? It's going to be now that if he gets capped, then there's going to be that weird sort of media thing that's going to happen where they're going to ask Osorio about his brother, and eventually Osorio will <laughs> call him up too. We don't need this. We don't need to. Pollute the national team shirt with players like this. This is the guy. The guy is not national team material. And even I would say, in a friendly, like a meaningless friendly like this, it's just like, no. Why not though? I'm, I look. I'm bad about it. I'm I'm kind of here with Dan, dude. I don't make him out to be some horrible, horrible player, or, or even, you know. He's, he's a journeyman. He's, he's, he's a journeyman. Guilty of being a jackass. And I, I think everybody we like to hate him because of his shenanigans. But, but I mean, he his team went to the final. I mean, that's that speaks for itself. He he did, he had a really good season, and I think it's yeah, not totally the problem is that was that was the same reasoning behind uh, bringing in Cirilo Saucedo at the time, and bringing in Meliton. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing that their teams do well, and, and in this case, obviously, he made it to the final. But I don't know if that alone is is you know merit enough to, to bring the guy in. I mean, it's just 
Well, they got to they got to bring an somebody. average goalkeeper at best. You're gonna see him one game and then he's gonna be gone forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's no, fine. That's fine. But but one thing, if you're a a player and a goalkeeper and you see Picolin, I mean that's gonna inspire you to work harder. Absolutely. Because I, so I mean obviously. Quiero que me marque Picolin. Is that the last of, I think the, the ad campaigns for this guy when he when he plays, you know, he's gonna punta la verde, you know, the whole bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's probably gonna bring him in and have him do a lot of commercials because they need to fill it in with players from the national team. But I mean, just just going back to the point I just made real quick, um, I didn't you, really need to see Tijuana play well right. for two 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 seasons in a row, three seasons, you know, whatever, and, and become champions to know that Cirilo Salcedo was not a national team caliber goalkeeper. I didn't need to see that to say the team was doing well, Tijuana was doing really well, but I didn't need to for that to happen for me to at least have the opinion that Silvio Salcedo was not a national team goalkeeper. And the same kind of goes for Meliton, maybe to a lesser degree because he did play okay in some of the games that he played. I think two or two games he played or three games he was okay until you know he became terrible uh, at Veracruz. But I, again, I just ah. Uh, I feel like in, in this in this instance, you just you give you bring in a Jesse Gonzalez, or you bring in, you know, the kid from Monterey that was playing before Jonathan Orozco came back. I mean, I, there's, I mean, he could have went in, in a different direction and bringing in this this guy. This guy. Now they're also bringing in Chuy Is it Jonathan or Jonathan? Depends on what it's side of the bed you you Jonathan. Up on. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be Chuy, Corona, and Picolin. So I mean, you know, two two storied goalkeepers from traditional teams. It all oh, makes geez. sense. Christ. I used to joke with uh, Martin Del Palacio years ago when he first went on Twitter. He say, "I have to vote for the FIFA Players of the Year. I have to vote for three. And I always say, "Well, aside from the two Picolins, who are we gonna vote for?" <laughs> and it, it's kind of a running joke we've had for about four or five years about you know any, anything you know world class related. I say you mean aside from Picolin, and he always responds. It's anyway. Constantino in the chat says uh, mentions Conejo. I mean, no. I would. I would call him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Conejo is immortal, dude. Oh, come on, man. Don't say that. I was, in, I was in South Africa, dude. He pissed me off. Muy triste, no? He's our Buffon. He's our Gianluigi Buffon. No, he's definitely Who would you, who else would you rather have? You know what? The kid, the, kid from, um, the kid from Morelia is a kid that looks, looks he's got some, you know, he's got some skill. He's got some pretty decent games. I mean, Again, I mean, if it's a partido molero, I guess I, it kind of you can understand why you would call him in, but I mean, especially if he's not going to play. But if he's just going to be called in to sit on the bench, I would have rather called in any of the under 23s. Well, like I mean, it's only one game. If he might play half. I seriously doubt he will. That's no, one position on the national team that is pretty solid with Talavera and. Um, memo whenever he starts playing again, hopefully soon. Moy uh, Munoz, Jonathan Orozco is pretty decent. It's uh, it's solid, and even even uh, Corona and then the kid from uh, Guadalajara is pretty good. 
There's mm-hmm. a lot of good goalkeepers. Kikolin is just a goalkeeper. He's not anything special. Um, he's he's a hell of an actor. Funny. He's a hell of an he, actor. He is. He, uh, he's energetic. You know, he's, uh, he's honing you know his craft. For that reason alone, for that reason alone, I really want to see him play. And, <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. And, and I'm really, really hoping that whatever ref comes down and, and calls the game, you know, isn't familiar with his antics and actually buys his bullshit. I but, yeah, remember, remember that'll, that'll make a partido moleto worth it. <laughs> remember the other Picolin, uh, the defender, when his they would brother. play against yeah, when they would play against the U.S. and like uh, in the, in like inter, not Interliga, Interliga but uh, yeah, Superliga. No, I think it was the CONCACAF. In the CONCACAF Champions League. Oh, you scored yeah. against the Dynamo. He scored like that. a scorpion goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah scorpion goal. That. But I remember, I mean, he would he would get into the face of the uh, you know U.S. players and stuff like that. And yeah, he would. I mean, he, 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 he would. Yeah, both of them. Both of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a positive, I guess. If there's anything to look at it from here, that's definitely it. There you go. Well, they're gonna get in the face of the Senegalese. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, yeah, like we don't have any beef for them. So yeah, he, <laughs> I was gonna hold. Get brushed by one of the the Senegal forwards and he'll roll around like like he's been shot yeah. you know, four yeah. or five you times. You know what, though, John? I do think that there's an element of I hate him because he's ugly because I seem to, I mean, I'm a Santos <laughs> and, I, and I distinctly remember Oribe Peralta, you know, he, he, he killed it for like a clean, for a good year and then he finally started getting called up to the national team and everybody bitched. Yeah. Everybody bitched, yeah. and it was like one one cl- uh, like cl- um, clutch goal after another. One um, just and just c- continuous goals, 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 and then finally like and then suddenly he became like just the starter. What's well, so, where, um, where his nickname comes from now? So you're saying that that's what's gonna happen to Picolin? Are you I'm predicting man today that Picolin is gonna start in Copa America? Oh, for Christ's sake! No, but I'm just gonna, I'm just reminding everybody that he's no gonna be the next Conejo Perez. Ever, when when uh when Pedalta was first joined first uh joined Chief, um, Santos, no one ever imagined that he'd be responsible for giving uh, Mexico their their uh, one and only gold medal. Well, I, look, I, to me personally, it's got nothing to do with the fact that he's definitely not a looker. I mean, the guy is. Uh, yes, he's, these guys are possibly two of the ugliest players I've ever seen. And I bet you both of them have really hot wives. Yeah, I'm sure they do because that's kind of how this works, you know. They, 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 you know, they're they're professional athletes, and, and no matter how ugly they are, they're going to have a decent, you know, piece of candy in their arm. But but with him, it's got nothing to do with that. At least I can say that, you know, consciously. There may be an element of that, you know, that I'm just not aware of. How about unconsciously? Well, well apparently, can... apparently, el cepillo. They call him cepillo because he's cepilludón. Well, they, when he got to America, they, they, one of the things they told him about is, you know, uh, one of the things he should look into is getting a, an image consultant. And uh, that's why you see... No, I'm serious. He, he talked about this. That's why you see him now. He's got, like... Cooler hair. He doesn't have just, like, a shaved head or, like, a, you know, whatever. Like, I just this is how it grows. You know, I don't care. He's, he's pretty... You know, he's styling it up, and, and he's got the beard going kind of thing, you know, and... and he looks a little more presentable, you know. I I'd, I'd bring him around if I was a woman. Even even his goal, <laughs> like so, uh, so Christian, are you saying that that sort of, you know, it was okay to be like knuckle looking in Santos, but when you get to America, you have to clean yourself up? Is that what you're saying? I, look, I'm <laughs> not saying that personally, but but you know, living in the in the DF, you know, you gotta look sharp, man. You gotta look good when you walk around. 
la zona Did rosa y you know, yeah, no, no, no. where in the color chart do you have to be in, in, in el DF? <laughs> oh, never mind. We can't talk about that. <laughs> well, even even his image, as far as on the national team, his goal celebrations were were exciting. Like whenever he scored that goal, uh, just you know, against the U.S. a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's like energetic. Just the way he celebrates, the passion he has. So it's not, you know, he's he's a cool player. Well, you know, even when he when he was with the Olympic team, you know, he wasn't in great uh, shape uh, going into the Olympics, and people were uh, the press and the fans were really just on top of him and. Um, you turn it around. You turn it around, and so I mean, uh, I mean, if, if we're honest with ourselves, it's because of that that he has maintained himself with the national team, at least in the on the periphery of the national team for the last year or so. Despite the fact, you know, that he's had his ups and downs, it's that that we know we have a sample size of him being able to pull through his own slumps and come through. So, I mean, I don't know how much longer that's going to go on for because he's going to have to make way. He's going to have to make way for somebody else. Uribe is a proven goal scorer, and he has been for the past, I don't know, four or five years, ever since he got on a really hot streak when Santos won the championship. And that year, that calendar year, he scored 40 goals in all competitions. That's good for ridiculous. But Alta got a lot of flack this week for the comments he made about the that he's learning to, you know, to like America. It's a normal. I thought it was. I thought. It, I, I, I thought personally there was nothing controversial about that. And I think, I think that uh, it's a weird thing because he was asked about it and he was like, "Well, you know, I, I when I grew up, when I was growing up, you know, Santos was the only team that was in around my area, so I grew up, you know, watching them. And there's a, there's a natural element to my support towards the team, and then to eventually play for them and to become a champion and and really have my career take off because of this team, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, it's a natural sort of love that he has for the team. And, you know, I thought he was very diplomatic in the way that he framed it. And But, of course, you know, it doesn't matter how he it said doesn't it. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't bother me. I mean, honestly, it's not it's like shouldn't. he would even it's – a, it's a question – you know, framed by the press because no one's exactly. going to talk the about that. question, he answered it. And then they said, oh, what do you mean? You mean you don't? And then they say he doesn't like blah, blah, blah. And then he had to respond. And like, why are you responding? We're just responding to what you said. Just, they're yeah. just trying to cause. I found, in, fairness I, to him, in fairness to him, I mean, they did make him get an image consultant. So after he got over the fact that he's, gotten, that he's been called ugly <laughs> by his own team, now he says now he's, starting, now he's feeling okay about being there. Now he likes him okay. So. He needs to get a tattoo of Chavelo. Ironically, you know, put it some like on his on his scoring his shooting leg or something. <laughs> I don't want him doing oh, anything but, more. But by the way, Holly, uh, Almeida's on. He's doing his presser right now. Hey, I didn't realize uh, Gonzalo Pineda. He's uh, he works for uh, Univision now. Yeah, he's all yeah. pimped out. He's, been know, he's all he's all, pimp, he's all pimped out in in a pinstripe. That's probably yeah. pissing. That's probably pissing off Weasel because he, he you know. He looks he like doesn't, he doesn't like he doesn't like seeing uh, you know the Mexican guys doing you know TV. He wants some coaching. Um, I mean, Gonzo Pineda could be you know who knows. I mean, he's still very young. He's probably in his mid mid thirties. Well, one of you guys said he's a lawyer, right? Yeah, he, he's but, got a law degree from Pumas. Yeah, he that's what I was gonna say. That's the kind of guy you do want to be in the coach. Yeah. Really smart guys like that are just able to see stuff that not everybody can. Well, he's been a really, really good addition to to the Univision Deportes team. I mean, he's 
he's been he's kind of been that voice of reason when uh, when you have the other spazos kind of flipping out and I mean they, they made a little meal of the whole thing with Oribe Peralta and the comments about America and he was like pretty much like I don't know what the problem is I mean you're a professional player you're gonna play for multiple teams you're not gonna love all the teams equally this is not how it works you know and I mean it's it's almost like it's it's almost like too much common sense like why is this a problem but you know I like what he's doing I, I think that you know potentially he could you know he could end up in Mexico working for Televisa like you know, like Kikin or some of the other scrubs, Osvaldo. Kikin, I actually enjoy his... Uh, I don't mind him at all. He, he does all right. He also was on BN, isn't he? He was on BN for the, for the Copa, Copa America. Me- yeah, he was. He was. He was really good. And he was really good there, but I, some of the stuff that he's has been... Ugh. But then you rem- you're, you're kind of reminded that you're not immersed in the... You know, day-to-day cynicism that that just that permeates Mexican culture. You know, it's uh, if you watch some of this stuff and you're like, oh wow, like that's a little harsh. And then you kind of have to take a step back and realize it's just kind of like a, it's part of part of the the bubble down there. It's just Isn't kind of how it bizarre is. how you watch uh, you know shows like Picante and uh, Ultima Palabra and the stuff that's on in the morning on uh, tel- I guess you know, Televisa Deportes that we get out here on on Univision. Deportes and and exactly they're just so incredibly cynical and sarcastic and just you know everything to them is oh yeah nudge nudge wink wink yeah it's and always like a show on yeah. BN it's like they're just talking about the soccer it's like wow what a, what a difference well I think you guys have seen I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the interview with uh, Osorio on on TV Azteca they did last week and uh, it's one of those things where you know the guy they're asking him questions about the team and he's answering and giving his opinion on on tactical setups and how he sees like how certain players fit fit into the schemes and and uh, the whole panel was just really antsy and they were just kind of like trying to interrupt him because they're not used to having an actual debate so to speak where you know that oh so what do you think about what's this formation and then he'll he'll respond it was it was like they were asking and as he was getting into the answer they were like yeah but like what about Gio Santos where, where, you know what do you think about him and he's kind of like well I don't even we weren't even talking about him like I don't know why. You're interrupting me and asking about something completely different, but, but that's just kind of like the style of you know you see it a lot with uh, Jose Ramon Fernandez, for example. Do they have a little puppet asking questions? Well, no, hey, speaking, no, speaking of Juan Carlos Osorio, he got into a little bit of a some trouble with his MLS counterparts because oh, yes. of uh, so. Uh, what do you think he's right for saying it or he's wrong? I don't. I don't think that what he said was wrong. You know, I think that I think any national team coach. For any team that has any real aspirations, and I feel like at the end of the day, we all know that uh, when it comes to winning the World Cup, you're only talking about a very small number of teams that that uh, that have the ability and the capability to do it. But I mean, I feel like any other national team usually will aspire. We know everybody aspires to see that, and that that ambition is is the start. And so, I feel like any national team coach from the region and even from South America should doesn't even have to go on TV and tell the players that, you know, if they want to be a part of the national team, that they should look to push themselves to the highest level, you know, and, and that's almost a given. Again, it's almost like common sense. I think he was very diplomatic in what he said, and I think, it, again, it got taken out of context, partly because he's so long-winded in his explanations and, and, you know, and he gets kind of lost in his own verbiage. But at the same time, I don't, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. And the fact that, 
other coaches from the area have said the same thing, you know, including Klinsman. Their, their own coach has said uh, the same thing. Jurgen Klinsman has been saying it for, for ages. He wants his players in Europe, you know, fighting day-to-day and improving, you know. And, and, and I don't think that's really that far-fetched, especially when you look at a guy like Gio Dos Santos who, you know, five years ago at the 2010 World Cup, the guy finished as a runner-up for the second, you know, he was the second-best young player at the World Cup. And he ends up coming to MLS at 26. I mean, it's of course it's a little disappointing. Well, I don't keep think in mind, there's anything wrong with what he said, to be honest. The U.S., you know, the national team needs the MLS players. Right. You know, I, I, I well, I they mean, do best like, when they have MLS players. It's that's a, sad irony for Jurgen. It is. It, it's, it, and that's you're right. I mean, that is the irony, and obviously. I, I, you guys know that I don't believe in that whole. Oh, Europe! All oh, everything in Europe is better. Right. Uh, so. Well, they do I don't know. Metric system. <laughs> I think there's a balance to be struck. You know, I mean, I think that the problem with, I think that we would all agree that it wouldn't be ideal for the Mexican national team to only be pulling players from Mexico. And I mean, we've had that for a long time. Five World Cups in a row with mostly domestic teams, you know, and, and never being able to sort of cross that round of 16 barrier. So we know we can do that. We know we can we can keep a domestic team and, and go to the World Cup and be competitive. But what more could we do if the the standout, the, you know, the standout players in the league are going over to Europe and proving themselves at a, at a higher, you know, more competitive level? I mean, I think that, I think that's usually where that comes from. I, I, but that should depend on the player. I mean, if, if the player, uh, yeah, of course. you know, has that ambition and he has a talent and, and he knows that he can go over there and compete and start and play and do well and succeed, then yes, absolutely. But but for, you know, young players, like my dream is to go to Europe, man, you gotta you got to prove it. Prove that you can play over there. In the first. league first, yeah. yeah. You got to well, uh, put something. Uh, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't think that Europe is the answer. I think that better planning, uh, you know, uh, as far as you know, better calendar. I mean, you guys know that our, our calendar in Liga MX has been a joke. You know, has been problematic for years because of you know the, the the amount of games that we play and what we play and how we play. You know, with the two different confederations and stuff. Um, I, I just don't. I don't. I'm not buying into this whole. You know, you know, Europe is better and oh, we got our you know you know three Europeos and I I don't know I. Well, why you're not buying it? Here's one thing, Ronnie. Though I, I know you're always like, you know, harping on about the the quality of the league and being good enough, and and but the players themselves are growing up in the same global environment where they've been watching Barcelona just as much as they've been watching their local team. So they, I mean, watching them on TV every weekend since they were little kids before they were like really playing seriously. Their their dream is already, you know, that reaching those, those are the kinds of uh, heights they're reaching for now. It's not right. really uh, no one no one's no one player's ambition is to <coughs> be just to play Mexico anymore. Well, I I I have a problem with your statement there. You know, your statements are because obviously, you know, believe it or not, access to television and actually to cable like Sky and stuff like that. Is not you know very common. Obviously, you know you probably know that you know when the Mexican league you know their their playoffs are in pay per view and stuff like that. There's always a shitstorm and 
they always try to go to the politicians, hey, get it on free TV. Are so you it's against not like, Captain Ronnie? No so, no, so what I'm saying is that it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not like all the kids in the barrio and, and, and you know, are, are watching Barcelona and watching Real Madrid. Obviously, you know, with internet and stuff like that, they know of them, but it's not like they're watching them every day or every weekend. I know. Um, there's so, such a surplus of knockoff Barcelona jerseys out there because nobody buys them. Nobody knows about them. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, exactly but, what you, I'm going to say. But, but, have, you ever, have you ever been to La Línea? But you get my point is that, you know, you know, watching Barcelona, watching La Liga and stuff like that, that's reserved for Sky. And obviously, you know, you guys know the, you know, the, the battles that, you know, Televisa has, you know, has, you know, with, you know, showing games on, on, on Sky and, and, well, yeah. I think you'd Over be surprised how many yeah. people have those channels in Mexico. Yeah. So I think it's quite common that people are, have the ability to watch. Or what? streaming still, that's still an option for a lot of people too. I mean, over fifty percent, over fifty, over fifty percent of the, fifty percent of the population is in poverty, dude. They're not. They have to have tune. Dude, you know how many cyber cybers they have over there? They could just go Roja Directa and watch uh, Barcelona Clásico. <laughs> Okay. Dude, all right, all right, all right, all right, What's all right. that? I don't know what Roja Directa is. Uh, yeah, that's not. That's not. Roja Directa is that a porn site? I don't know. Uh, well, you got. I mean, Ronnie's got a point. I mean, that's not the answer because if you look, but you you look at a team like Argentina. Argentina has gotten worse as a team since all their players are actually in Europe and even you know the the best teams in the world. They can't seem to put that to good use on the field as a national team. But you also look at a team like Colombia. You know, for a solid year and a half, Colombia was one of the best teams in South America, and that was because they found a good balance of their European players that were peaking and having great seasons, and also some of the local talent. And I feel like that's where Mexico is. I feel like that's where Mexico really should strive for. Not this idea that if we have 11, 12, 20, 30 in Europe, they're all going to come back and make the national team like this amazing, well-oiled Af- machine. It's probably not going to happen. A couple of things. Look to Africa. Look yeah. to Africa. 20. Usually 20, you know, like the African teams that go to the World Cup, usually either all or at least 20 of them are playing in England, France, Germany, that's, that's Spain. Not, that's not a fair comparison, though, Ronnie, because th- those countries don't have legitimate leagues like like Mexico. So Mexico has an option of has that of staying home. And I, you're still I thought you were, I thought you were going to say that's not a fair comparison because of the clicking sounds and the dolphin speak. Wow. <laughs> hey, talking about the Africans, you know that the African nation is going on. You might have heard that. And Congo is actually in the in the final. The, the, that means that Kiriaba guy, so yeah, the bounce on his butt, is going to be going to the final. There has to be a balance. There's no question. Uh, okay. But, but the, 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 I honestly think that the, the better route to go was to do what La Volpe did and and have you know have the uh, the inner like the once a week or, or how many times that they did they used to do it like twice a month I think. No, they would do like two like the first uh, Monday through uh, Friday uh, Monday through Wednesday. Yeah. He would have the the, the players and they would return to their teams. How did that like work out for them? What's that? Yeah. How did how it work out? Fantastic! Well, <laughs> they formed a great team, according with, you to, know, with not that much uh, quality, you know. So, look, yeah. look. Here's what has to happen. Okay, so you have to have decent players to have a good national team. Mexico has that. Yes, they play in Europe. Some play in Mexico. Whatever. But they've been playing together now. This team for what going on two years now. We talk about the Lions and the Guardado and Herrera. 
that's what makes the difference is, is to have that consistency and playing together regardless of where they come from. Now, granted, it would be nice if they were on, like, say, you know, Tigres or whatever it is, and they were all playing together, you know, kind of how the way uh, Barcelona just transfers itself onto the Spanish national team. That would be the ideal situation. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But the fact is that these guys have been playing together. It makes a huge difference. You can, you can see it in the way they play, regardless of what for formation they play. They're going to play whatever formation. But they're comfortable with each other. They know what each other is going to do. And that makes a huge difference. And I think that they are going to get better. They're going to have a, a, a solid summer, regardless of where their players come from. Yeah, I got a if question. If you're good enough to go to... Yes, go ahead, Albert. Uh, do you... Do you sort of two-part, do you guys see Mexico ever becoming uh, a country, or even would it be beneficial if there were like 30, 40, or maybe even, well, 40 Mexican players playing all over the world, playing in Europe, like, uh, and then whenever the national team gets called up, only a part of them, or whatever, you, if you want to call them three Europeos, come to the national team, and the rest are just sitting up in Europe with their teams. It's like Brazil and Argentina. Do you think Mexico will ever get to that point? No. I don't think so either, simply because... Only, um, go ahead. Well, because the league, the Mexican league still is going to be a, a, a huge sort of uh, piece of the puzzle in a sense. Like the players, the players that go to Europe are going to be players that are, are, are pretty much going to be, you know... Uh, Elite. Front and Elite. center with the national yeah. team. I think that the other guys... Might go to Europe if, if they don't, you know, if they don't succeed, they don't succeed, they come back. You know, if we get to a situation like 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 Brazil or Argentina, what's going to happen is these players that are not getting called up will probably just go to China for forty-five million dollars or something. The deal is that Liga MX is still an importers league. If it became an exporters league, then yes, I'd say it could happen. But until that day, and frankly, that day is a long way off. Then no. I think, though, I think, though, the one of the hope, is, I, at least for some, and, and myself included, is that the hope is that the teams start producing just a greater amount of those type of caliber players that where you are going to be able to have just a, a bigger pool to choose from. Um, and not that it's it's actually pretty good right now, I think, but uh, but even just even more depth where that those players are getting um, being sent over there I, I still think that the teams could be doing a little bit more and, and producing more. Because Brazil and Argentina, they still have competitive leagues. They still win the Libertadores, Sudamericana, and all those. And have all the European players. Right, because... But they're, but they're, they're, but they're on a decline, I think. I think they're... And just like China, I mean, China's um, poaching all a bunch of Brazilian players... Uh, so I think actually those leagues, and this is why I think the Mexican league has a real good chance to really set itself apart if, if they play their cards right and if they spend the money smartly. Because I do think that these, these leagues are going to continually, uh, they're just going to always lose their, 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 their players, and even more so now. I think it's going to be hard to compete. No, you... you bring up some solid points and we also can't forget the fact that you know the business model for the vast majority of the Argentine, Uruguay and, and uh, Brazilian teams to a certain degree is that they make money by selling players so it behooves them to 
you know, try and you know turn those guys out as much as possible. So until until we get to that point, and I think that that's still a long ways off. Uh, Mexico will probably just send the like you guys said the the, the cream of the crop, and and then the the majority. You know, you know, you know what? Half just, and half. just to add to that, I feel we do have good quality players, but I, I feel like our culture, like our football culture, we don't value our own our own talent. So we could have a good player, and we will we will bring if there's an option to bring in some South American, like when they did with Fantique, who who like if you read up on him. They they just had like a YouTube video on him like as as reference. So I mean yeah. they they paid one million for Fantique. I mean, and I'm sure they had better better players in the cantera. Like it, how America has really good cantera. They, they rarely use it. But but just going back, if 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 like the club owners gave you know had more faith in in their own talent, you would see way more players. Uh, and that's the only thing, not having a chance to play. And then you look at second division, and even the second division teams are loaded up with foreigners. And it's like there's this belief that you bring you bring some, you know, extranjero, and, and he's gonna make it more entertaining, or or he's it's more just, competitive. Or your team, but see, that's not that's not really true. Or or that your team is gonna be, um, you know, yeah. more exciting, or or just it gives more prestige because you have. You have an Argentine, or you have like a Brazilian. Mm, well, it's more Maybe that's like what this you, podcast you is an Argentine. Well, hey, <laughs> you push, you you push Qu the local player to try harder to beat that no, Argentine. No, but see, I'm telling you that you could use that argument, and and it hasn't really worked. And and I'll give a good example. I was talking to you guys the other day about Huracan, and uh, I had been watching them play, you know, in person about two years ago. They were in a Segunda B in Argentina, and dude, that team was just—it was horrible to watch. And uh, you know, but they keep a lot of the same players playing. And recently, they were in the Sudamericana final. They're currently in um, Libertadores. So a, a lot of these teams, you know, when when they have all these players, because you know they're letting them play all the time. They they're getting all this massive playing time, so. Sooner or later, one of your talent is gonna is gonna blossom. Well, let's hope it's sooner rather than later. Boys, one, we're uh, good. One of the things to consider too is, you know, obviously, Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay. I mean, they're still great footballing nations, and they're still great, you know, national teams. But obviously, they're not winning the way they used to. And obviously, because the culture is for them to go to Europe. Uh, and one of the things, and I firmly believe this, that one of the reasons that Mexico is not a World Cup champion like those three nations is because they didn't have a rival. They didn't have a rival. You know, U.S. at that point didn't care about soccer. Well, in the past 20 years, you know, the U.S. obviously now cares a great deal about soccer. And it, it, it kind of it, it believe it or not it's, it seems like the, both the U.S. and Mexico kind of like need each other to get over to get to that next you know you know to that elite status. That's the work though. Well, actually, no, you're wrong. You're wrong, uh, Fernando, because when back in 2000 2001, 
when all of Mexico's teams were failing at the youth state at levels, and obviously, you know, the U.S. did was doing well in the youth, and then obviously, 2002 happened. Basically, the owners had to, you know, to have to stop and think. It's like, oh shit, we got to do something, and they started doing. Are we past the 90 minutes? We're coming up on it. It's all right. You got time. You got two minutes. So I mean, obviously, two minutes of renting. It, 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 you know, it it, 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 took that, you know, that dos acero. It took that, two, you know, that dos acero to wake things, you know, to wake, you know, wake uh, up the owners. Um, I, I honestly think that I don't think the answer is looking to Europe. I think the answer is looking, you know, to to, to the north. You know, looking, you know, to, to, to the U.S. and 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 basically push each other. Both the federations pushing each other to get to that elite status because, you know, obviously. Uh, both you know teams, both federations want to get to that level. Yeah, but you know, have you seen the Conca Champions? You know, how many times has a a gringo team? But you know that that's it? not going to be like that forever, Fernando. You know that it's, that, that it's not. It's, it doesn't seem like there's any indication it's going to change. The the U.S. MLS teams are getting worse and worse. That gap is getting bigger. That's what she said. You yeah. know what I mean? Didn't they just have a team in the final? Hey, well, watch out for Seattle this year. They're playing America pretty soon, I think. <laughs> That's right. In a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll that Morris kid's on the team. Well, so. I guess you guys are right. There's a chance that America could be the La Vergüenza Internacional. So just to, just to remind everybody, like just in a couple of weeks' time, a few, few weeks' time, we're going to have Querétaro wait, wait. against... Wait, wait. What? Speaking of Vergüenza Internacional, that... Uh, <laughs> For club teams, per that that belongs to Rayados, you you lost the pre pre Libertadores to a Venezuelan team. Well, I thought that that <laughs> was Puebla right now. No, not. At least they made it. They made it to the tournament. You guys lost to a Venezuelan team that didn't even have a stadium. <laughs> What's true? The tarmac at the airport. If I remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, yeah, we're uh, coming up uh, on the end. Dan, you can remind us of the CONCACAF schedule. No, yeah, just uh, Querétaro is playing D.C. United, um, as well as Sounders against America on the 23rd. Then uh, the following day, we have Tigres at, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Real Salt Lake at Tigres and Santos Laguna at L.A. Galaxy. <clears throat> okay. Well, next week, we'll... Uh, have a show. I would assume we'll uh, maybe we should aim for maybe a Thursday show because Mexico plays Senegal on Wednesday over in Miami with uh, Soccer Chronicle presence with uh, Chiki's got to see. Maybe he'll have some sound bites for us from some of the players. Definitely a Picolin sound bite. That's your that's your your homework. That's my homework right there. Picolin. Yeah, you get, get, get Picolin. Hey, you, you yes. need to say say. Soy Picolin Palacios y este es el 2 a 0 podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So any of our listeners, you know, you want Chiquis to ask any questions, you know, just put it down on the podcast or on the on the YouTube, the comment section. That's right, and we'll get those questions. Twitter, or Twitter would be good too. Yeah, okay. Well, anybody else have anything to say as we wrap it up here in the final minutes? So just try not to take any pictures of the actual children being walked onto the field, okay? <laughs> It is the player. There may be some prospects. They might have some skills. <laughs> All right, just, just keep keep focused. Have have fun, Beto. All right. Yeah, man, have fun. Yep. Yeah. Will do.
Good job on the, the new intro, John. Thanks thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, for everyone here, for Daniel, Fernando, Albert, Ronald, and Joel, and of course, uh, Juan Uribe, who couldn't join us Don't tonight. Forget Christian. And Christian, good lord, and Christian. <laughs> Looks like he, well, he fell off on the list. That's why I don't see him here. And Christian Velez, of course, up in Connecticut. This has been the Dos Acero podcast, uh, a weekly podcast devoted to Mexican-American, European, South American, African, Asian football. We discuss it all. My name is John Jagu. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Uh, we'll either be on next, uh, probably next Thursday, uh, about the same time, 9 p.m. Central. You guys have a wonderful night, and uh, thanks for joining us. And, of course, you can listen to us on YouTube and also on iTunes. And hit us up on our Twitter pages as well. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs>